0: and welcome to the program what's right with sam and ash here live loud and clear from beautiful downtown las vegas great to be with you friends i am i am very pleased uh to uh to be back thank you uh to everybody that covered me last couple days was in mexico city and as I was away, it seems to be that uh, Vladimir Putin has some health concerns. And we've been talking about this for a while. The reason it's in the news now is that he's probably headed into surgery. I say probably because nobody really knows what's going on over there. They're not nearly as transparent as we are here in the States. I love it. Every year, our president undergoes a physical. You know, it's kind of the thing that you do when you're president, you have this big physical. And you go in and the White House doctor at uh, at the hospital there goes through everything and looks uh, in all the nooks and crannies, I guess. Uh, And then most of the time they tell us the truth. Of course, you know, we heard this last time ago around uh, Biden that he's absolutely lucid and absolutely fine. So take it for what that is. But uh, most countries do not really talk about their president's health, especially where you've got a top-down country like Russia one guy in charge who, for all intents and purposes, is an absolute dictator. And there, the health of the leader is a very closely guarded secret. So the scuttlebutt around Moscow uh, is that uh, Vladimir Putin has cancer, uh, is in ill health, and needs to go in for a surgery. And he'll hand over power to one of his henchmen while he's under the knife. Fascinating. Who would you pick if you were the dictator of a country? Uh, who would you trust that as you're, you know, under the general anesthetic, you're out some doctors cutting into you, who would you even trust to cut into you to start with that uh, very scary uh, deal. So you, who would you trust to, you know, to carry on power and for, for Putin, it's clear. It's a guy named Petrushev. I know a little bit about this guy from, from years and years. The guy, he started with Putin all the way back in the, in the seventies. He started in the KGB. Uh, they uh, knew each other a little bit back then. And then uh, he very quickly rose up through the ranks uh, when Putin came to power. Uh, first was the head of the FSB, which is the successor to the KGB. So he is a spook. And then he ended up on the Security Council, which is a, a kind of a privy council to Putin that gives him advice and is his you know innermost circle. This guy has been called by a number of people as even scarier than Putin. So if you are reading the story and saying, yeah, you know, I'm not, I, I would be great if Putin just, you know, gave up the ghost in the middle of surgery and never came out, uh, things would be better, wrong. Most people in the know say that Patrushev would be worse than Putin, would be more aggressive in the Ukraine, more likely to use nuclear weapons, more likely to do everything bad. And I think therein lies the reason why Putin picked him. <laughs> yeah, I mean so back to the original question. If you're a dictator, who do you pick? You pick somebody that is worse than you, uh, that is perceived at least to be worse than you, so that ensures uh, that nobody act against you for fear that the situation gets even worse if you were to pass. So that is, uh, I think, friends, what what we need to look at. There's no exact time frame for this uh, procedure. Uh, that Putin's undergoing. It's clear from the videos, right? He is unsteady, he does seem puffy, he's got in his in his cheeks, he seems to be a little bit swollen, which is a sign of taking steroids, which is a common you know, drug that's prescribed when you know certain types of cancers, or also the other speculation is that he has early stage Parkinson's. Uh, all of this is very important because, of course, you know, he keeps threatening that there's going to be nuclear war. And with the May 9th uh, Victory Day Parade, this coincides with the end of our victory in World War II. Uh, the Russians are planning, Putin's planning a massive parade. And I've seen some photos and videos of their uh, kind of preparations for it. You know, they're doing some some yeah, some dress rehearsals, right, of of how the parade's gonna go and they've got the big trucks and the missiles on the trucks. This is all very still very Soviet, you know. We we had it's common to see in Russia now. Uh, obviously, North Korea, China, uh, they do these kind of parades all the time. And remember back when Trump, <laughs> remember Trump wanted to do his own parade? <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because it was great. Yeah, I think these guys always show these parades and and, and, it's, and they're showing, up, showing a whole lot of nothing, right? They're just showing stuff that's, that they can carry on trucks. In fact, a few years ago, uh, there was a big parade in, in North Korea, in Pyongyang, and there were eno- experts were saying they were looking at the tires of the truck, and they rec- they saw that the tires were, were not they were they were too inflated I guess not squished enough to suggest that the missiles that were on the trucks aren't real that they were I don't know paper mache or something. And so that the, it was it's all a charade. And the answer, of course, to it is that that North Korea doesn't have enough missiles to put on trucks and also have locked and loaded in silos. So in order to have a parade, they have to, of course, put on uh, put on a show and and use some 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 blanks. <laughs> so but I, but I kind of wanted Trump personally to put on the parade in D.C., you know, because we would have well, our parade would have been better. I, I mean, it would have just been it would have been awesome. And and American flags, all that. I'm a patriot, and I, I enjoy that kind of thing. So, at any rate, look for that May 9th parade. Yes, yes, yes. I know, I know. We have the scuttlebutt about what's going to happen. May 9th being a big day that some big something big has to happen in the Ukraine before that date. And there's a lot of talk that you know that this, between now and then, there's going to be some serious weaponry unleashed on Ukraine. But I think with all this going on, with Putin's health. Uh, things up in the air. I, I I don't know. I'm not giving it an enormous amount of credence, but we'll follow up on it as it develops. Great. Now, um, I did not know. I did not watch the White House Correspondents Association dinner. Uh, this is where the president gets up and makes jokes. The jokes, of course, it doesn't matter who the president is, are written for him. In Biden's case, uh, I'm sure they even had a little you know speaker in his ear to to give him cues the easter bunny was not there to help him out some of the jokes were okay as i as i've been looking at some of the clips from this uh, some of them were funny uh, but the real thing that i find hilarious is this uh, the 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 fauci refused to go to the dinner because he said it was too dangerous he made the rounds on cable and said well where did? took back some of the words that he said about the pandemic being over that's endemic now he goes no it still has a possibility coming back i'm 81 years old and i I can't you know i can't take the risk Uh, but then my friends he showed up at one of the event brunches that happened on saturday over the weekend that happened before the event which happened saturday night so he goes to the brunch he doesn't go to the dinner but he goes to the brunch Yes, portions of it were outside, but there's a picture of him inside a tent. You know, one of those closed event tents. They've got a picture of him there, and he's not wearing a mask. He's there with Don Lemon. No word on whether Don Lemon tried to fondle Dr. Fauci, but uh, given some of his past legal concerns, you never know. Uh, Best part of it, of course, is... That the little people, right? This is how the elitists view some of us—the little people working, you know, behind the scenes, the waiters and whatnot. Uh, many of them were wearing masks, but the attendees mostly were not. So we have again this two-class system where, you know, people like Fauci demand others probably wear a mask, but of course we're taking a picture and we're we're yucking it up with with people we like, so we're you know we're not gonna we're not gonna wear a mask. Um, that, that it brings me to the fact that that by the way. I got so excited going on this trip. On Thursday, I was leaving Vegas and I was headed over to to Mexico City. I get into the airport. It was my first time being at the airport with no mask. It was so great. Now, can you just imagine how disappointed I was when I I get on Aeromexico and I get on the plane? And I'm the the first thing they tell me is I didn't put my mask on because there's a mask mandate in effect in Mexico. And so the main airline of mexico follows the mexican rules and uh crestfallen does not even begin to describe it so i uh, yeah that was that was that was a tough that was a tough run uh, all right yes all right i know i know the amber Heard stuff i don't i don't i don't know but let me tell you a little bit about mexico city cuz it's an interesting place every american thinks they're going to get murdered there and that is uh, turns out not entirely true. All right, what's right with Salmon Ash? We'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. Don't turn the dial. Just a couple of minutes, and I'll be back. Salmon Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Salmon Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702 820 1234 or salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. Locally, uh, coming to us in the real estate world, there's a house for sale. It's kind of an interesting property, uh, down the street from where I am at right now. And as a matter of fact, uh, kind of in, in the neighborhood where I, I live, it's, a um, Rancho Circle, uh, Phyllis McGuire's house just hit the market again. Uh, Phyllis McGuire, uh, look, if, if you're under, you know, if you're under 90 years old, uh, Phyllis McGuire was a famous singer back in the fifties, the McGuire sisters, and uh, she was, you know, she was a, a, a tremendous talent, famous lady in her day, beautiful lady, uh, passed away at 89, Oh, was it last year? Uh, so it was, uh, no, two years ago, December, at the end of 2020, uh, December 31st, 2020. At any rate, she's got this spectacular big house that is essentially a museum. I think it's something close to all the buildings all put together, about 20,000 feet, which is crazy and it has inside the the main living room entry of the house is is an, a replica of the base of the Eiffel Tower uh it's, so it's it's weird she dated a famous mobster at one point and the whole house i guess he had it made so it was bulletproof i don't know if you know this but yeah the whole house is bulletproof it had uh it had windows that it had like these steel uh, curtains or shutters maybe that would drop down kind of like like guillotine so you press a button and it would release all the shutters and they would come rolling down and close the window so at a moment's notice the house could turn into a fortress and she lived there up until the you know the very end I, and I I've never had an opportunity to see inside the house but from the outside here's what's funny about the house from the outside it just looks so normal and inside it it's it's anything but that now in 2017 I saw the house was on the market, it was six, six and a half million dollars they went for it, which at the time, by the way, the market hadn't really exploded yet. So that was just, you know, pie in the sky money. And that price then, I think they dropped it down to, I forget, it was on the market a, a while ago, like a year and a half ago, shortly after she died, and it was removed. And I, as I understand, I think some of the heirs were figuring out what to do and how they wanted to do it, or they're fighting amongst each other. And that fight may have cost them a lot of money because they're asking two dollars now, which is, I think, an acknowledgement that the market is softening. And I, I think that's relevant to all of us, any of us that are maybe thinking about selling a house. And if you've got an interesting house or a bigger house or anything like that, or even a regular house, a condo, whatever, uh, I definitely get the sense, at least here in Vegas, that prices are softening, stuff is, you know, stuff is sitting on the market. And um, so that'll be interesting. This is, this is a lot of acreage. I think it's like two, over two acres, in the heart of historic Rancho Circle, which is you know Rancho and what is it? Rancho in the 95 and and Charleston, kind of in that in that area. Really beautiful area. Phyllis McGuire's house. If you like it, 2.9 million, and it is yours. All right. Speaking of crazy houses and uh, bulletproof windows, I was in. <laughs> How's that for a transition? Okay, not bad. Uh, it was in mexico city for the weekend uh very very fun experience uh one thing i do whenever i travel is i am the biggest cheerleader for las vegas i love traveling and telling everybody that i'm from vegas uh, people are always perplexed that, that, that there's actually people that we live in vegas they're, they're actually shocked by that They're like, oh my I, we thought that it was just a place that we visit yes you're right and we all the people that work on the strip they all come and visit too no that's not how it works but anyway so I tell them I'm from Vegas. I get, you know, I, I talk to them. Everybody loves Vegas. People in Mexico love to visit Vegas. My general impression is that of all the wealthy Mexicans that I met, they all like, they all prefer the Wynn. That's their favorite hotel. They love the Wynn. That, that's like, I don't, I don't know if there's one travel agency that just sends them all there, but they all love the Wynn they they love coming to vegas they love our restaurants they love our hospitality and um and so just passing that along we are we are well liked in mexico but um no i i went i went on a tour this is interesting i went on a tour of los pinos now los pinos is the white house of mexico that recently the the uh, current president of mexico who is a socialist I mean, I shouldn't even whisper he's a socialist, he's a self-declared socialist. And he decided as a man of the people to open the presidential White House to the public. And he said, oh, don't worry about I'm going to move into an apartment I'm just, a you know, every every man kind of guy. And he so he he opened, you know, this 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 mansion uh, to the public and you can go in. It's uh, right in the heart of town. And as I'm walking through it, I'm looking at all the, because it's not just a, it's, it's a whole complex, it's kind of like the White House, right? There's, there's, the, it serves a purpose as a home for the president, but also there are office, there's office space for the entire machinery of the presidency. So all the people, they all had offices around there. So I'm peering into the windows of the office space because, you know, I'm, I'm a nosy guy. And I'm looking in, it's empty. And so I started asking people, I go, well, where did all the workers go? They're like, oh, wait, we relocated them. They all had to be relocated. And I go, well, to where? Oh, we <laughs> we we had to lease some some office space downtown. And friends, this is classic socialism for you. This is classic politics. Whatever you want. This is exactly what it's all about. You, you go and you make this grand gesture. You say, oh, we're going to. I don't, pay off student loans or we're going to open the, the white house to the public and you know just get and when they're not telling oh we're going to do it to save money we're going to do it for this reason that stimulate the economy whatever they don't they never get to the actual costs of it and so the absurdity here of course is that they for millions and millions of dollars pesos whatever they had to rent all this office space that's an ongoing cost to, to the taxpayers there and so they're all going into the mansion. They're all thinking, "Wow, this this uh, Amlo is what it's called Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, Amlo, sixty fifth uh, president of Mexico, and he got in uh, in twenty eighteen. But he's uh, he's a man of the people, but he's costing the people, boku bucks. Uh, so it's uh, but it was fascinating, you know, and you, you you're kind of in a place where, you imagine, a um. You know, you imagine it just being being, you know, where all the presidents, U.S. presidents, Reagan, everybody visited Los Pinos, and you know, drove up that drive, and there's a, the obviously the the trees are beautiful, the scenery's beautiful, the house. Well, the house was I told people it's like an average summer Summerland mansion, uh, kind of pretty pretty basic actually, but but large, and uh, and yeah, so that was my you know fun fun trip, met a lot of interesting people, and. um uh, and, I, and I, it's, you know, it's a different, you know, but a lot of people say Mexico City is a dangerous, terrible place. And I mean, you can you, you can get robbed, at a, you know, at, outside of Smith's here in town. So, you know, the, you go out there in certain parts of the town, I would say, are pretty safe, uh, no less safe than any other major city. Certainly, you know, you're, you know, New York today or or L.A. or San Francisco or Chicago for sure you know you're running into the same kind of problems where there's street crime you're sitting at a restaurant you know a guy gets his watch taken armed robbery it's happening in this country too so i i've not witnessed any of that there and i've been several times so just uh just kind of an interesting an interesting thing all right when we come back i want to explain what's going on with this my pillow ceo mike lindell this is uh, yeah the people are reading every little tea leaf on twitter they're examining it so closely. And uh, I want to explain what happened because there's talk about him getting, getting back on the platform and booted off uh, immediately. I'll explain what that's going on. By the way, great tweet today from Elon Musk. <laughs> the beginning of The beginning of the year, he tweeted out, so months ago, right, five months ago, he tweets out a picture of a human hand about to flick the back end of a sleeping tiger. And he goes, the, the the original tweet said something like 2020 uh here we come and and you know flicking the tail of the ti- you know the but, butt of the tiger like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna stir some some you know what up and uh and that now he retweets it and he goes see i told you so i think i'm telling you folks whatever you think or don't think about elon musk believe in his business acumen or not this man is literally the king of trolls. I mean, he has this down to a science, and he is wigging people out with it. So I'll explain. We'll get, we'll get a little bit, a little Twitter update here with Mike Lindell, the pillow guy. You remember, he was booted uh, after Trump, uh, Trump, uh, Trump walked out. So whatever, all that, all that mess. All right. All right. Let me, let me do this. We got to take a break. I hear the music. What's right with Sam and Ash? We back after the break. Don't go anywhere. We're going to have some fun comfortable and confident is how salmon ash injury law clients feel after the very first call comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right salmon ash injury law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them quality matters integrity matters who you hire to protect and represent you matters if you've been hurt in an accident choose salmon ash injury law 702-820-1234 or salmon because you deserve what's right. And here we go what's right with Sam and Ash News Talk 840 KXNT. Trump held a rally in Nebraska and actually opined that perhaps he would consider starting a basketball team suggested that he should get lebron james for the team but only if only if lebron met one condition and that is to switch genders (laughs) you know i am look it's it was funny right listening to it was funny of course it, 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 it it it's not real and and therein, I'm loving all of the reactions in the media that are presenting uh, what Trump said as if it was a serious consideration. And that's why when I read any news story about Trump saying something like I read today, for example, that it is coming out that people in the know suggested or were suggested to by Trump that they ought to. They were asked by Trump apparently to shoot BLM protesters that were gathering outside the White House in the legs, and it's 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 making the rounds uh, in all the newspapers and, and media outlets as as a fact. As you know, well, yeah, Trump, uh, you know, he suggested that we shoot some people in the legs. Can you believe it? Can you believe <laughs> it's a crazy? And I'm reading. I, I'm I'm picturing the conversation. Knowing Trump, I, I know what, what what the conversation was like. He goes, "We should shoot. We should shoot them in the legs." <laughs> it's like, and you can't. Yes, he said it. Of course. So under oath, you know, if he said yes, Donald Trump said when he was president of the United States that we should shoot people in the legs. But he was joking. This is the stuff that he does, and he says, and 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 to suggest that it was serious. I mean, you need to have your head examined. So, ah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm loving it. I, you know, it, it, you, you have to differentiate serious stuff from, from this kind of stuff. And the, and the desire to report on, on the jokes that Trump makes seriously, um, you know, I, I think uh, is where a lot of uh, politicians and frankly, a lot of people out there in the public run into a bit of trouble. I forgot to mention one thing. I don't like usually returning to stuff, but I'm going to do it here and you know earlier in the program we spoke about putin and his uh pending surgery and the all the speculation around who will be his designated you know head of state while he's while he's you know under the knife and and not able to make decisions and he i mentioned he you know chose nikolai Patrushev, who is, a major spy in Russia and is now on the Security Council, former head of the FB, FSB, which is the successor agency, of the KGB. And Petroshev is a hardliner. But this is a big consideration, right? When you're a dictator and you have a country where you, have a, you don't have a firm system in place to designate who your successor is, what the line of succession is, you know, it becomes a big consideration. You got to figure out who's going to do what they do. So what happens? And I'll tell you this. <laughs> what happens? Well, in the U.S., right? We have to, we have to get the, that's important, right? You know, it's the vice president. So, so if Biden croaks, oh, we have Kamala Harris. Not good. <laughs> but wait, it gets worse. It gets worse. If Biden and Kamala both croak, uh, then we get Nancy Pelosi, if it's <laughs> Biden, Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi croak, we get Patrick Leahy. <laughs> and only then do we get somebody who I think is mildly competent, still not my favorite person, Anthony Blinken, who was the secretary of state. So you don't know who Patrick, Patrick Leahy, Democratic Uh, senator from Vermont, he is, he's as old as the wallpaper inside the building. And uh, so, so yeah, so that he's, and he's, he's just terrible. He's just a horrible, horrible guy. Uh, So the idea of any of those three, right, Harris, Pelosi, or Leahy, succeeding uh, Biden actually terrifies me um I, I guarantee you by the way I, I tell this and put this on the what's right record if something happens to biden which is conceivable given his age and health uh, having uh, Kamala kamala as president the entire world will 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 literally catch on fire uh, and i'm not talking about climate change so mark mark my words i hope that does not happen i hope that does not happen ah <sighs> Mike Lindell, the pillow guy, another great What's Right show transition coming at you loud and clear. Ah, so there's all this reporting about him getting kicked off of Twitter again. Have you seen this? <laughs> he just got back on the platform and boom, the same day they kicked him off. And the way people are presenting this information, is they're saying, well, look, see, see, even under Elon Musk, there's, they're not, and they haven't, you know, nothing's changed and certain people are going to stay off the platform here's the problem i think he got kicked off automatically yeah it wasn't necessarily a human making that decision because he never got reinstated to begin with yeah he went in using a different handle and a different name and he was still calling himself right mike lindell the pillow guy but that you can't do this you can't do that right if you get kicked off if you're deplatformed, this is why it's such a big deal they're not taking away from you your handle your your name, your Twitter name, your Instagram or whatever, not taking away that. They're literally take, saying you as an individual cannot once again be on the platform. And it says that if you try to get back on, they'll immediately remove you. And I think, oh, what do you mean? How how can they figure it out if it's you? Like, <laughs> like the guy that's on as Trump, El Trumpo, right? He's got, I think there's an account under that name. Well, they know, see, they know they have an they know more about you as a user of these social media sites than you know about yourself. That's how that works. They know when you log in, what IP addresses you're logging from, your, your Wi-Fi information, your the, the stuff that's on your phone, your, your browser history. All, they know so much about you. And all that data, they use it for a bunch of different things. But one of the things they, they know is they have a certain fingerprint for you, a digital fingerprint. And so they'll take that data And they'll match it up if a new account comes on with the same name, because I'm sure Mike Lindell, the pillow guy, is not the same Mike Lindell. There's tons of other Mike Lindells. But they'll match it to, okay, so this guy is logging in from the same IP address, or he's from the same area, from the same cell towers, roughly, follows the same pattern, and the computer figures all that. They they have, this is a data-driven company, so they have all that figured out. So my point is, you got to read beyond the headlines. You get that scoop here when you, you know, tune into what's right with Sam and Ash. And, uh, yeah. And, and so that's, I think what happened. he tried to go on with a different name, got booted. Nothing much is going to change. Expect an enormous organized, disorganized, doesn't matter, a, a resistance within Twitter. I just, you know, the CEO held a a kind of a wistful "all hands on deck" call. The audio of it leaked. None of them sound very happy. They all realize they're on a, you know, their their careers are sunk because the CEO is not getting kept on. The crybaby lawyer that we heard from last week, uh, she uh, is not going to be kept on. By the way, her salary, seventeen million a year, to advise Twitter on what, how to kick conservatives off the platform. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> You're gone. So the people there are on a sinking ship and, and they're trying. I think they're, they're trying right now. They've been given specific instructions to not throttle conservative accounts or not throttle accounts based on their views. So you're seeing some positive stuff happen in there. But these automatic things that are in there, it's gonna be a while before Musk gets in there, begins changing key leadership people. And then you'll have to go and eliminate, you know, people off, off the, you know, out of there that are, that are organizing a resistance. I read somewhere over the weekend that there the, the the common belief among people in the know in tech is that the company could actually be slimmed down significantly. You know, they, the staff I think numbers in this around six thousand or something employees, and they believe that um, so, somebody was writing that they think they can get that number down to two thousand. And and a lot of people could work remotely, so you have you know a talent pool or a prospective talent pool of of the entire country or maybe even the entire globe. And and to that end, I, Musk will eventually, with the right managers in place, be able to clean this up but it is it's going to require a lot of terminations because he will have a a resistance within the ranks working against what he wants to do these people are so dedicated to this they were so proud of themselves that's what's coming out from all of this you, you see these conferences they were they were so proud of the censorship, censorship controls that they were putting in They're patting themselves on and they're in tears right now because all of their hard their hard work is being undone I, you can't make this stuff up. It is, it is a self-parody, how these people are 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 reacting to all this. So yeah, um, yeah, I I want to talk. There's there's some pushback on all of this, of course. The Ministry of Truth. I'll talk about that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. There's been an update. The Ministry of Truth. The Biden administration telling us what is true and not true, and they put Mary Poppins in charge of it. Oh my gosh. All right, don't go anywhere. Be back right after this. And what's right with Sam Ashes back. Great to be here with you. I, your host, Sam Merzawski. Yes, Murjovsky, it's a mouthful. Uh, that's why I go by Sam. There you go. In the saddle, uh, taking care of you every day, giving you a view of the news that you can use. Yes, the DHS, what is this? Well, I want to call it the Truth Commission, but it's the Disinformation Board under the Department of Homeland Security. This is the, of course, the Orwellian arm of the Homeland Security Administration. The Biden folks uh, want to have patrol what's being said and being able to, at the government level, declare something untrue or dangerous. Uh, We had the head of the agency uh, giving testimony to the Senate. His name is Mayorkas. He seemed to be, for the most part, on the back foot as he was going to... The, the, the Republicans, rightly so, are, are going at him. The Democrats ought to go at him, too, because this just so fundamentally un-American. By the way, any lawyer, and we know there's a lot of lawyers in the Senate, any lawyer can look at this and go, well, wait a minute. So you're going to have a government body put labels on information and declare certain information better or more for you know more truthful than other information and does that necessarily limit the dissemination of that information that's declared by the government to be less truthful because if the answer is yes i confident that the Supreme Court will strike this down as wholly unconstitutional uh, because you know even historically it's not it's not just a, a straight prohibition on speech it's also if, if there's any activity by the government that puts a freeze or limits in terms of volume and flow of free speech right Kind of like imagine if the federal government decided to uh, limit the number of, I don't know, telephone lines or, or internet connections or anything like that, would in fact limit speech. Now, if they based it on substance, which is what they're doing here, which is the, the ultimate test, right, is if, if the government is doing something specifically to limit the, the dissemination of, substance, of, of, of speech based on what is being said, right, the content, of that speech the substance of that speech which here the whole department admittedly is about because the word disinformation means it's information being said that is 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 untrue it's false this whole thing is so ill advised it's going to blow up in their face it already is it's happening it's it's like watching a car crash you know take place in in real time uh, yeah um, yeah, this is bananas. It's absolutely bananas. Uh, I am I'm loving it. I'm enjoying every moment of it. W- will there be a legal challenge? Great question. The legal challenge comes at the point in time that someone is harmed by this particular rule, by this particular agency. You cannot sue for simply de- declaratory relief uh, until you've suffered a harm this is very important in 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 constitutional law so there has to be somebody has to basically be sidelined. somebody has to put out a tweet that then the government labels as misinformation and and at that point in time there there's an injury you know or at least there's there's the prospect of an injury and you have the ability to go and file a suit and and pursue this and I would expect because of the seriousness of this that the I would expect that the Supreme Court at that point in time will put a stay on this. Meaning they'll 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 say, can't do this until we go and decide the full case. Uh, I would expect it absolutely to be heard. If, first they'll of course go into district court and they'll go to Court of Appeals and then end up in the Supreme Court. But a big case like this, the Supreme Court can come in and grab it too. Once it gets filed in district court, they can come in and say, We want this case, we want to hear it. So this this is a this is gonna be a big deal. By the way, the, the, the Republicans. The Republicans are saying, we're going to defund you. And they don't have the votes to do it, right? Maybe they might in the Senate, but the House, they don't have the votes. And so this now is a sneak peek into the, I think, what we can expect from fundraising emails. You know, But there are big elections coming up, midterms. Midterms, of course, could shift the power in the House of Representatives, possibly in the Senate. And if so I think the Republicans are going to use this issue, which is another reason why it's a colossally stupid move on the part of the Biden administration to push this now. If I was a congressman, a Democratic congressman, in a, in a vulnerable in a you know, 50-50 GOP Dem district, I'd be furious at Biden for this. You've literally handed my opponent a great way to fundraise and campaign against me. I don't believe in this thing for truth. This is nonsense, right? That's what I'm thinking as a as a Democrat. But I but I'm going to lose the election because my district is going to be so appalled by this, and so riled up that they will they will they they are they will get they will absolutely get everybody worked up about this in order to vote in the GOP who are going to fix this and defund it. That's that's the kind of unforeseen things, right? That, that that's that you don't. You, you have to see a few steps ahead all right I'm seeing some messages from you guys I I, I love this so yeah, right 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 yeah I I know I, I'll tell you what I have photos up I have some photos and, and also uh, video videos some good Instagram stories if you are an Instagram person go on what's right Sam so you of course follow what's right show but what's right Sam that's my personal Instagram and I have I have some some stories at the top i've I've kind of accumulated some of my tour guide material that I've accumulated for my trip to Mexico City. Check it out. Uh, If you are at all considering a trip, it's literally there's flights every day go down to Mexico City from Vegas and get on a plane but from LA too, right? a lot of flights from LA other cities. uh, If you're listening out of state, uh, you you can get down there fairly easily. Uh, The airport's about 30 minutes from town. uh, So the trip is relatively painless. And you get down there, and, and look, well, okay, you know, good dinner, food is tremendous. The costs are reasonable. You can get a great Airbnb, you know, in the heart of Polanco, which is the the Beverly Hills of, of Mexico City. Beautiful, beautiful area. By the way, if I can, can I just, can I just a little aside here? Uh, the main drag, the main street in Polanco, the, the nice part of Mexico City, uh, is called Mazarick and it's named after the first Czechoslovakian president, Thomas Garrick Masaryk, uh, Czech is Masaryk, Masaryk, whatever. It is, so it's named because the two countries became republics around the same time, and so they have, they, they gave this big honor to, to, to Masaryk, and there's a big statue of him. The same statue, by the way, is at Prague Castle in Prague. And I remember my first time, I don't know, six, five, six years ago, going to Mexico City and suddenly coming upon a street named Masaryk, I was very perplexed why there would be a major street in the Mexican capital named after my country's president. Uh, but then if you go a little bit over, just a couple blocks over, there's a beautiful park and it's named after President Lincoln. So we have something major named after a Czech president, something major named after a U.S. president. Uh, so kind of a, kind of some fun tributes there. So go on my Instagram. I have at what's right Sam and I have some videos on there, some photos. And you can go through that and see if there's anything there that you like and if if you do like it i'm just i always like to point out fun places to go that don't break the bank and mexico city definitely uh is one of them now i didn't get to the mike lindell thing oh i did we talked about it good we covered it that's right super we've got it straight i will follow up more on this twitter when we get back it's good because we're out of time like that an entire hour has flown by Oh wait i forgot one last one one last thing i'm in mexico city i'm walking along i look up at the screen and it's the draft coming on the tv from vegas i'm walking down the street and there it just goes to show you how small this world is number one and number two there's no chance you can get away from las vegas you can you can go anywhere in the world and little images of Las Vegas will pop up at you, or big ones, like, for example, the draft. And I hope all of you survived the traffic this week and I wasn't around to enjoy it. All right, Uh, go to the podcast, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, find it there if you missed any portion of the show. Love to have you. Please subscribe. We'll see you here tomorrow. Looking forward, folks.